Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and presented by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm joined by my dear brother and return guest, Drew. What's cracking with it, Drew? Oh, not much, not much. Thank you for having me back. My pleasure. Uh, Drew is a huge fan of Poku and Chet, has been for quite some time. Uh, I don't know exactly where the Thunder rank, though, in terms of your favorite teams, but probably not at the bottom. No, I like them a lot. Uh, That's one where it's uh, my childish views of color scheme really play into it here, and I love the color blue, as you know, so Mm -hmm. love their color scheme. They're actually pretty high. Yeah, no, big time. Same for me. Um, when I give my token spiel to guests that I haven't known all of my life, I bring up Genesis of my fandom, and normally I bring up LeBron Heedles, Brandon Jennings, but more than I give it credit, uh, Thunder were huge too. I remember before school, most days, for probably a lot of kids, we'd watch Sports Center top tens and when I, you know, hell yeah, like 2010, that I was about old enough to have an understanding of professional sports, and the Thunder were big at that time. I remember I wanted to have my soccer team uh, copy their color scheme, but <laughs> yeah, we I definitely was pressing for that, but I did not win. No, they were they were they were big lat back at that time. No, I completely get that. Yeah. Um, plus, it helps that they're in the Western Conference. Yeah, so they're, um, they're not like ever like a, yeah. a threat to us. I, I will also say like it is nice to see fan bases actually cheer at games and like mm-hmm. you know and like a playoff atmosphere seem to affect the game. And it doesn't seem like they have they had like racist fans. Like I don't like Utah. Like I, I'm just never going to like Utah because of that. And Boston, Boston's I don't known like for it. Even well. I don't know. I was just thinking again about like Kareem recently, and I know some people didn't like Kareem, but then when you think back oh. to it, it's like would Kareem, like here, he, like in Wisconsin in like the seventies, like was this really ideal for Kareem? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that because of like Giannis's goat status or whatever. But. Yeah. Did, I didn't mean to turn this into a like, race into it too much. <laughs> no. I, I just wanted to say there are certain teams I hate because of that. But uh. no, that's yeah. <laughs> I've turned around as a jazz fan, uh, partially because it's probably not good branding for myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, you like them because of the color scheme. Color and, scheme, and John the, Stockton. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. there's a deep, yeah. Yeah, not great branding. So I've moved <laughs> away from that. And yeah. But maybe I we're already going far yeah, off of where, where I wanted to. Sorry. But. Um, also, I, you might remember I had beef with the Spurs right at the beginning of my basketball fandom just because they were so good. Yeah, I kept winning. Yeah, and same, I was like, same. shit, I don't want to see the same teams win. Um, so maybe that's why I don't think of the Thunder as much because in a way I'm somewhat jealous that they've had like such a short fandom. And uh, I get that. You know, yeah, they've just hardly been around and they've been so successful. Mm-hmm. So a little jealous, but. Either way, uh, 
So I brought up Poku and Chet for you, who happen to be teammates now. But is there anyone else in the 2022 NBA draft that you're are particularly huge fan of? Yeah. So this one, and typically, like, I'll, I'll like go after like Poku is kind of like they're my guy because like, you know, there's a chance that Poku still won't hit. Yeah. You know, like being a Chet fan, like anybody can be a Chet fan or like a LeBron fan. This year, I like Tari Eason. Uh, a lot of people kind of know me as far as like when I talk about like prospects is uh, like if you have a good wingspan, I'm probably going to like you. If you have larger hands, like in general, I think like it's better to have large hands than tiny hands. You know, like we, <laughs> Me and Devin both have tiny hands, unfortunately, genetically, and it's tougher to hold the ball. You know, when you can yeah. – when you have these advantages, when you're just longer, stronger, faster – it's just it's just easier um and to go along with that his his highlights were, were very good his stats were very good um i think he was sixth man of the year in sec like he probably just shouldn't have been the sixth man really he's probably yeah. he was the best player on lsu i know for a fact um and there's kind of uh hidden gem qualities in him whereas uh maybe kind of a paul george uh Kawhi Leonard type of upside to him. I'm not going to say he's going to be them, but that's what I would have been hunting for in the probably uh, around the eighth pick, eighth after is where I would have been like, yep, let's take a shot here on this guy. Well, he's extremely athletic. Um, he has a pretty good handle, at least in mm-hmm. the open floor. I, the play that always sticks in my mind, because I only know, um, plan is to in some fashion go through the picks up until Marjan. We can talk about Marjan too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only know so much about all these guys at this point. And like, yeah, a lot of it could be groupthink just because, yeah. you know, that's the best way to learn is from yeah. other people i if mean this can't be my job as yeah. of now you're you're a bucks analyst you're not yeah. a uh, draft analyst even though you do put a lot of work into it but absolutely. yeah i enjoy it a lot um where was i even going but yeah no um big part of that is i guess i guess with all of them but particularly with poku and chet just like and talking about guys with like insane like height, a lot of it is goes back to the undeniability factor. Like particularly with Giannis, I know we talked about it with like an interesting uh, trade that we'll get to. We were chatting about that before recording, uh, but. Also, you have to balance that because obviously Brooke Lopez, even though he's like one of the largest humans in the league, he has certain limitations too. Right. So it's yeah. sort of a balance to it perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of that insane size and skill combination, before we get to the draft, um, I haven't even had a chance to talk about the fact that Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets on June 30th with the Suns and Heat listed at on the top of his list. Um, and going through it, I really only saw like maybe a handful of teams 
um, having a realistic shot. Um, big part of that has to do with Ben Simmons and him being a designated um, max, him receiving the designated rookie maximum extension. Uh, whatever the whatever the correct terminology is there, so he can't be on the same team with someone who received uh, the same extension, i.e., Bam Adebayo and ninety percent of the other players yeah. that you would that you would like to have in return. Uh, also, Phoenix, a huge part of it that we didn't talk about before was fact that DeAndre Ayton would have to play ball. Uh, yeah, Aiden doesn't need to work with him at all, and yeah. I know for a fact that uh, there's uh, that there are major issues with him and uh, just the Phoenix organization as a whole. So I don't, I don't think Aiden's going to be included anyway, mm-hmm. unless he really likes Brooklyn or the front office or something going on there. I, so I, I just don't see him being included either. Yeah, and or it's probably if Aiden's involved, it could be more likely for it to be a like a multi-team yeah, deal. Yeah. But once we get there, I feel like I'm going further down like a rabbit hole or whatever with Ben Simmons being routed to to teams and we all know how Ben Simmons doesn't quite fit with every single team. Um but you brought up a pretty good point. I mean A lot of teams would probably rather have Bridges than Aiton, even though Aiton might be like a bigger name. Like particularly this year, Bridges really broke out for the Suns. So yeah, Bridges is just you can plug him in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had Aiton, Bridges, Cam Johnson. They have other like filler salaries of fine players, but not sexy names. Plus, they have all of their picks. Yeah. And if, if, is, yeah. if Aiden did want to play ball, that's a great package that if they say yes, it's like I wouldn't yeah. say no. I just said I just don't know if it's likely. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, Simmons, Aiden front court is probably not the best either. But I don't know. Simmons is still theoretically like a pretty good player. Like he's not, yeah. he wouldn't be going to completely like depleted no, it's a, it's a talent, talented team, tough fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Heat, we brought up the whole Bam Adebayo scenario, so I didn't even include him on the list yeah. here of guys. Um, so who I had, I had Hero, Duncan Robinson. I put in Lowry because just because of his salary and mm-hmm. – I mean, obviously, his stock has fallen quite a bit, but he still has, he still has like a big name. Mm-hmm. And then Nikola Jovic, who I think I had on the Nets at one point in a in a my league, but I've probably had every single possible combination at this point. Uh, he'd also have all of their firsts except for twenty twenty five first that I believe is going to the Thunder. So that could help them out. Um, they're probably the worst team, though, among the four that I have listed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, not realistic for them to just send uh, Jimmy Butler and a bag of beans back to the back to the Nets, even if the value is like somewhat 
is like fairly close because the Nets seem to want to remain competitive. Yeah, I never thought of that one. Um, I don't. That's the whole point of you trading for Kevin Durant is to pair the two, yeah, like Butler and Katie to yeah. win the championship. So I, Jimmy's also kind of like a prima, not a prima donna. Uh, you know, he's just a very emotional man, and yeah. I can see that not going well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like value wise, probably something there, mm-hmm. but. Otherwise, I don't really know. Now, I think you and I, you and I, kind of liked these next two teams that weren't on Kevin Durant's list better. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Toronto first, but I mean, spoiler alert: you and I like the Pelicans package the best because mm-hmm. they just have everything, but. There's some part of me that wonders if, I don't know, if Kevin Durant does want to get cute at all with where he goes, would he be happy in New Orleans? I knew I know New Orleans is a fine city, but maybe it's not like a glamour market per se. Yeah, I, I don't really understand, uh, like... Like I like we we live in Milwaukee, you know. Yeah. Like that's obviously not the most glamorous of all these cities. New Orleans is certainly more glamorous than Milwaukee. Yeah. So I don't really get why it's not a destination. You know, um, seems like it's a fun time. I haven't been. I've only heard good things. So I like. Does he also want to live in Toronto? You know, it's, it's colder. I, I I have no problem with Toronto, but it's colder there. People mm-hmm. seem to care about the cold more yeah. than I do. So, yeah. I mean, both of these destinations seem fine to me. Um, if you're the Nets and you're losing uh, Kevin Durant, like you're not pitching winning now, you're pitching hope for the future, and both these packages provide that with a, a very good young player and many many picks. Yeah. So now, I think I think the difference between the two might simply just be that Toronto won a championship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that maybe does a lot for both of these young franchises because it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't want to go to right. New Orleans, a fun city. And I mean, these guys are also multimillionaires, so you yeah. can still you can live luxuriously wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So, have you read the packages yet? So yeah, I'll give out Toronto now. Okay. Um, I have listed Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent. And Precious Achua, whom Precious, because I think the first three that I listed in Scotty, OG, and Trent pretty much get you right there money-wise. Also, whenever I think about these trades, um, I like to think of, maybe it means, For example, if I'm giving up the best player, I probably don't want to take more money back. Because if you're getting worse, you probably don't want to be paying more money for a worse team. Right. That's just my idea. I I know, like, if you still want to be competitive, how much do you care? You can, there there are other, you can circumvent the cap in other ways. Yeah, I Um, I mean, you could, if, if... If you're being compensated for taking on more cap, you know, like you can always say, like, we'll take that guy and his crappy contract. Mm-hmm. Cash you, consideration. Yeah, if you give me more picks, but like you're already shelling out so many picks, likely you're both just trying to go 
relatively similar dollar for dollar mm-hmm. with yeah. picks already. And that stops me from going down a rabbit hole with some of this stuff as well. Um, but we hear a lot, at least on the podcasts I've listened to lately, whenever Toronto is brought up, there's a lot of hesitation in putting in Scotty Barnes. Uh, he just won Rookie of the Year, so yeah, his value could be at an all-time high, not saying he's he's reached his peak. but There is also the fact that like he's much more cost-controlled than Pascal, because mm-hmm. Pascal is rightfully so paid very handsomely, yeah. um, and you don't have to pay Scotty. What was that, like three, four years out at this point? Mm-hmm. He just won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that's that, that would be why I want to keep Scotty. I'm not going to sit here and argue which one's better they're both phenomenal well i mean pascal's currently better but um yeah no it's i think that's a very reasonable trade package for kd yeah plus if you're trading for kd you're like very much win now and like even even if it's somewhat close pascal is a better player right now he's just been around the league longer kd might be Happier playing with them, playing with veteran guys like Pascal and Fred VanVleet. I think I think Toronto, no matter what, if they keep one of Pascal or Scotty, then get Kevin Durant and keep Fred VanVleet, that's a championship caliber team right there. Yeah, that's what I told you before. Is they already have proof of concept? Is something you'll notice with all these guys I've mm-hmm. named is. OG Ananobi was on the roster, but he he missed all the playoffs due to an injury when they won the championship with Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. So you have Fred who's filled in the Lowry slot. They might be they might be less deep now. I'll I'll accept that if you really want to go there. But if Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet, who's around the level of Lowry at that point, and Kevin Durant, who's pretty close. To about as close as you're ever going to get to 2019, Kawhi Leonard. He was discussed as the best player in the league very recently until Giannis took that uh, took that throne. So, yeah, you could you could argue it either way. You could say, well, they just want a championship. Maybe they want to have maybe they want to have a more homegrown team and say if see if they can see if they can build a perennial contender and extending their window but i would just go for it i think most people want a championship rather than feeling, yeah feeling all warm and fuzzy about a warm about a uh, homegrown championship yeah plus you have proof that uh i don't know that you have masai ujiri so you you could build it back up again like you just did with you know, after Kawhi Leonard left. Um, so, yeah, I know this last team. Pelicans are favorite because what I have listed here is just Ingram. And then I'll list off just their picks alone. But they have plenty of other guys that they can include um, if you don't put in anyone else from the Pelicans' current starting lineup. So they have all their firsts. They have a 23 Lakers swap, which just which just got them the eighth pick in Dyson Daniels. Um, pretty amazing replacement for Alonzo Ball, whom they were uh, greatly criticized for letting walk. They have a Lakers 
24 pick. Uh, they have 2024 and 2026 buck swap, which will, okay, hopefully, fingers crossed, not be anything, mm-hmm. actually. But then they have our 2025 and 27 first-round picks as well. Again, fingers crossed yeah. that that's a late first-round pick. But holy hell, <laughs> just Ingram and all of the picks. And then you keep you have a lineup of, of Jonas, Zion, Durant, Herb Jones, CJ McCollum, and then, I mean, you have bench pieces also, like Larry Nance, Dyson Daniels, Jackson Hayes, Kira Lewis coming off an of injury. But uh, Devontae Graham, um, he's making more than the gap between Ingram and Durant's salary. Hmm. He's making more like 11, I think, the difference between Durant and uh, Ingram is like $9 million. Do you see he just got a... Did he get a DUI? Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Devontae Um, Graham, that is. mm -hmm. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, like. They have have so many pieces. If you're going to have all that pieces, like, you you should use them to build something, a.k.a. trade for Mm -hmm. one of the greatest players of all time who immediately puts you in a championship contention. So, like, that's one where it's just, like, Brandon Ingram's really nice, and he was loosely comped compared to uh kevin durant when he was in the draft um and i i just googled his age and i was kind of shocked to see he's still only 24 um but i i mean he's not going to be kevin durant so yeah go get kevin durant and try yeah to win a championship. no one will be <laughs> so that that might be my favorite both for what's the best value but also He's going to the Western Conference then. Yes, yes. Uh, leave us alone. Yeah. He can meet us in the championship. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the Suns prospects will be cuz Chris Paul's 37 and then what? They're not going to have Aiden. They'd have to give up Bridges and Cam Johnson in this. What's throwing me off about these conversations is maybe the Nets aren't interested. I would be like, "Hey, you want? Do you want Chris Paul? <laughs> like, I'd write, like anything to get Kevin Durant in my eyes." Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Good point. Uh, one other thing too that I feel like is being might be under discussed, or you know, sort of argued against more than I think it should. I think the Nets could also just tell Durant, piss off, you're under contract for four years. Mm-hmm. We know you're not going to sit out. This isn't this isn't the Simmons situation where you're like, well, what if someone better than Durant walks now because Durant's just going to sit? Mm-hmm. Um, Durant gets a lot of heat. Well, You almost feel bad for Kevin Durant because his his career could have played out even better in in, in several yeah. different universes. But now he's mocked all the time on Twitter. Like 
that just doesn't that just make you think even more that like no matter what he's gonna play basketball like that's sort of his brand too is he's just like i'm just a hooper like there's nothing special about me yeah like 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 if he threatened retirement like i would just take that and i'd be like all right i doubt you will um yeah I, i don't know people rarely do like people have retired and come back like there are events like in the nfl carson palmer did it to leave the Bengals are a horrible franchise. I know you don't pay attention to the NFL, but they're just a dumpster fire of a franchise yeah. that just kind of lucks themselves into good players. Um, Joe Burrow. Um, so, like, there, there's a precedent for it, but, like, who wants to retire when they can be, you know, they just keep patting the resume to, you know, just, like, instead of being a top ten player all the time, vault into the top five. Who also, as you said, refers himself as a hooper. Yeah, I mean... He's in a tough spot. Yeah. You know who people question if, like, they actually, you know, I don't know. Like, he, he's seen all the crap that, like, Ben Simmons has gotten, like, this past year. Um, he's hearing now more than ever, and they say this is why, like, he's, this might have added to him requesting out, as, uh, like, people are talking about, like, Curry being better than Durant all time now, which shout out Steph Curry. Like it's at that point, I don't even really care to argue. They're both, they're both some of the best to ever do it. But you're not going to pass Curry if, if, if you think people think you have to, if you just sit out. Yeah. I, I, I like to assume he's not that petty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I don't know. Um, Eventually he's going to get traded. Like the, how often I think demand. I think it will yeah. I think it will happen. It's, but. Just, it's just a weird lull right now where people are like, "I'm not going to pay that much for Kevin Durant." It's like, okay, you probably will eventually. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I guess also it just also isn't great for for the organization to have a guy around, you know, that could do like Jimmy Butler type things and just totally like be toxic on the organization as a whole, but. Yeah, absolutely. Also, he's Kevin Durant. If any player is worth burning down an organization for, it's him. If you want to try yeah. to call his bluff. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other Kevin Durant thoughts? No, by I, chance. I think we're good. It was one of my first times to talk about get to talk about the Kevin Durant scenario, so I might have rambled a bit. No, I mean that's that's one to ramble on. Yeah. However, so the. Main person, the main purpose for this, and thank you very much for being a repeat guest and talking about the draft with me. But the draft is one of our favorite times of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's it's just like overall, like leans more towards like positivity versus negativity than any other like discussion in basketball uh, yeah this is just hope yeah it's just hope for every franchise <laughs> exactly so and also you get to talk about like a myriad of dudes with like even more possibilities for their career so it's just uh super fun for basketball junkies like us uh so that's why it's fun to uh, assign a, a whole episode mm-hmm. for talking about it. Um, 
But yeah, we have we have even more things to get to. So we'll kind of do high level overview of yeah the draft one through twenty four where we selected Marjan. Uh, and right at the top of the draft, we had more movement than than usual. Uh, nor more times than not, I would say we already know what the number one pick is going to be with a hundred percent certainty. Mm-hmm. And going into the day, a lot of people were comfortable putting their money. Wording there is ironic because it was it was the Vegas odds that kind of swung swung a lot of people's ideas of what was going to happen. But a lot of people assumed it was going to be Jabari, Chet, Paolo. But instead, it ended up uh, being Paolo, Chet, Jabari. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think news was coming out about this, uh, like just. 15 minutes before the draft, mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, yeah, you told me as I walked into your apartment. Yeah. It's, it's Paolo. I was like, what? Yeah, I did not see that coming. Um, and also, I don't even know. I'm not positive where to go with this because I know you and I are both Chet guys. So, yeah. you and I would have just been like, take take Chet. Take neither of them. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's funny to me because... To me, Chet's the best. I would bet Chet will be the best player, so I would have taken him first. Um, as far as best fit, it was Jabari Smith, and that's kind of what the rumors were the entire time. So um, I get Paolo. I I think Paolo is going to be a very good player. I honestly, Paolo might be the safest bet to be like the most regular occurring All Star of the three. So I'm not. I'm not bashing. I was just. That's just not what I expected. Yeah. Good pick though. I I, I love Paolo. Good for him. Yeah, it's it's crazy to have a draft where the top three are big men, but yet there is not a ton of questions with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that probably says something about bigs just becoming more skilled. Yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. I think you summed that up pretty. Good. It's tough for me to even put these guys on like. On a scale, like we know that Paolo, Paolo is the most likely to. He could he's he's probably going to be the best scorer day one, but mm-hmm. he has a lot of questions with his defense. Still, incredible size. Mm-hmm. People have talked a lot about how like, shoot, he's even bigger than we thought he was. He's like six ten, like two fifty. Yeah, he does not yeah. need to put on any muscle. Like, he, he might, but, like... Yeah. So, if he's passable defensively just because of his, like, sheer size and athleticism, mm-hmm. then you could say, well, if he... If his, like, offensive upside is there around Chet Holmgren, then... It could end up where he has the best career. Chet Holmgren is just like he has. He just has the highest upside overall, like both ends of the court. Mm -hmm. Uh, He broke a summer league record 
I believe, six blocks in his first game. But you, you kind of saw both ends of it because I, uh, I sent you a clip of uh, our guy Kenny Lofton yeah, Jr. Man. just uh, putting Chet uh, behind the basket on on post-ups. So uh, Chet's probably the biggest risk, but he's been uber successful Every, everywhere else uh it'll it'll come down to if he can put on if he can put on weight but which i'm not even confident about to be entirely honest yeah. like his frame doesn't i'm not a, i'm not a doctor but like yeah people <laughs> I, joke I, about his hunchback yeah yeah we'll, we'll see i mean he's just so skilled yeah you know that that's you, you don't see humans that size move like that and handle the ball like that shoot like that it's mm-hmm. that's why I, I wanted him there i've yeah. seen like a you can come up with relatively similar comps for paolo and jabari smith chet's like you're typically pulling out like a kevin durant kind of like he won't be kevin durant like that's just the likelihood of that is just so slim mm-hmm. but it's he's just rare over yeah. a prospect i love that point i think that goes along with, I think, the best case for Chet that I heard pre-drafted. He is he's just like, he's he's what like drafting number one overall is all about. Mm-hmm. Like when we when we drafted Giannis, like we were kind of like kind of unsure, but like in a good way. Like yeah, like we've never seen this before. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. That's basically retweet what you just said. Yeah. Um, and then Jabari Smith, he he's probably the most plug and play guy because he's any team could use him. It's kind of yeah. like what we said earlier about when I think you brought up uh, is Mikael Bridges more valuable than DeAndre Ayton? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. He's maybe not a better player, more impactful, but you, any team could take Mikhail Bridges and plug him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the same thing for Jabari Smith. There's no way he does not play. Like he's he's going to make an immediate impact. He's going to start a long time in the NBA. Yeah, he also has two way impact and can shoot the hell out of the ball. He's a phenomenal defender. Sorry, yeah. yeah. That, that's, I think that was the thing that popped out. I, I know some some analysts were like, he can get to his shot very quick, like easily. I was like, man, bro, his defense is – I would bet he's going to be an all-defensive all guy. Not not rookie year, but, you know, mm-hmm. like eventually he will be on a second team. At yeah. Least. Yeah, big question with him is his handle. Uh, but – I don't know if that's just saying like that's holding him back from being like Paul George. Like he might not be Paul George, but if he's not Paul George, he could still be a damn good player. Absolutely. Paul George is a Hall of Famer. So Yeah. So from there, unless you have anything else to say no. about the top three. No, all good. It's hard it's really hard to compare all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, but Somewhat of a shock at number, not even a shock, just a disappointment at number four. And 
The King selection at number four actually has been one of the best players in Summer League so far, so I think it could end up working out pretty well for mm-hmm. them. But in a vacuum, I don't know if anyone is betting on the guy who is drafted number five being better than number four. So number four, the Kings drafted Keegan Murray, uh, who fits their team better than the number fifth pick to Detroit in Jaden Ivey. But people see an outcome where Jaden Ivey is is an all-star. I don't think people really... I would not put money on Keegan Murray being an all-star. Yeah, Keegan Murray is probably like I, a fourth best player on a championship team. If mm-hmm. Maybe third, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I would say yeah. fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, the Kings are just the Kings. Yeah. They... they they're the worst run. Are they the worst run franchise in the NBA? I, I feel very confident saying that without you know running through every single team. But unfortunately, I think that's what we have the most proof of. Yeah. Uh, I mean the T the T Wolves. Yeah. No. No. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Never mind. But yeah, I mean yeah. the Kings just. I mean they're putrid. It seemed like people were high enough on Jade and Ivy that you could that you could have done something cute with like bluffing that you were going to take and trade jade back. and ivy and then yeah and then trade back yeah because you're all the way in on De'Aaron fox and demontis sabonis which is just yeah which is like not great but if you're trying to be win now just to be a 10 seed then you at least get like another asset on top of that to add to your depth if you think that just yeah. like anyone else will fit better than Jade and Ivy, yeah, I I, I don't like because that because then if you would have gotten like someone else, like a veteran plus Murray, Matherin, Sharp, mm-hmm. then I like that better. But yeah, if they got snuck in and got Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant, yeah, and I I know that a, a different trade popped in and took Jeremy Grant away earlier. Mm-hmm. But if you could have baited the Pistons into giving them Jeremy Grant in the fifth, then yeah, I, 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 get, I yeah. completely get what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nonetheless, but, I like Jaden Ivey, and I like his fit with the Pistons. Uh, and then I also like uh, I like Keegan Murray's fit enough with the Kings and uh, basically their inability to have a wing other than Harrison Barnes having yeah. success on their team. So uh, – yeah, I, I like it in that sense that uh, the player I like the most did not go to the Kings. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I've tried to be an apologist for the Kings because it seemed like maybe they were just. I mean, I just wouldn't have traded Tyrese Halliburton, perhaps. That was just dumb. But just if they thought that just didn't work. Because my theory was like, well, if they really thought, they probably thought they had to get rid of one of them because otherwise it made no sense for them to, to trade Tyrese. And maybe they were just like, well, Deere just had such a bad year that we can't really move him for the value that mm-hmm. we believe we should get. See, I just don't think Demonis Sabonis yeah. is a good player. So <laughs> Yeah. As much as we love our Lithuanian nightmare there, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's plenty mm-hmm. there. Um, you can probably hear our disappointment through the mic. Um, 
Nothing else like stood out to me as surprising or eye popping until we get to like pick eleven. But there's a lot of spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just go through. Uh, number five, Jaden Ivy. Six, Ben Matherin, whom we both liked, but a lot of people liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps earlier on, I think people had Sharp penciled in before Ben Matherin, mm-hmm. but heck, Ben Matherin is his athleticism is nothing to scoff at either. I, I would um, I would have taken. Ben Matherin over Shaden. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, to me, these are, it's proper that they're right next to each other in, in terms of value in the draft. But I mm-hmm. would have taken Ben Matherin yeah. over Shaden. It seems like they could have similar upside, but uh, Sharp just and at the end of the day, teams are just like, bro, you didn't play this year. We're we're evaluating your EYBL tape. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like the. Ben Matherin's also super young too. Yeah, like he's I, I, probably not much older. He's probably months older than Sharp. Yeah, he's he's a he's a young, very young sophomore. Um, yeah. Also, like he's probably the first Benedict to be in the NBA in years, mm-hmm. if not the first. Um, uh, two Can you name another Benedict in the NBA or in general? Benedict Arnold. That's in all general, I got. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um. Also, back to back Canadian. Sorry, that's my last thing. Um. No. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Shout out Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since we sound like some goddamn Canadians on here, um, Sharp. I will just say, I thought it was cool how much you could forecast Sharp to Portland because uh, Mike Schmitz was just hired. Um, he was an ESPN analyst, but. He'll be joining the Blazers front office. I think he wasn't officially with them, but advising them. Yeah, you'd you'd think he had he had um, he was in their ear at least, and he was very high on Mm -hmm. Shaden Sharp. I still think Shaden Sharp could be a hell of a player. Yeah, me too. Um, My my disappointment with the pick was not. I like the player. the Blazers are clearly trying to win now. Yes, it's, it's, just, it's just like this is that's not going to do the thing. It's, it's it's not a positional fit either. You know, it's just like oh, yeah, okay, sorry, your goal is not going to be met. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could have could have said it better myself. I think I think we go like for example when I was being an apologist for the Kings, I'm like. I'm like you're just trying to be a better team. Like, yeah, people laugh at you, and I genuinely feel bad because I don't want to make fun of you. Um, as also like rooting for a small market team, but so in a way, I can almost respect them at least following. Like, even if I think it's it, it'll end, it won't end up going their way. Like, they're at least. You can you can mm-hmm. you can understand why they did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think this helps them win next year. It might not help them win for two to three years. Yeah, it could be the right move for the future. Yeah. We'll see. It would have made more sense for Sharp to go to the Pelicans because the Pelicans yeah, would have, been... have a huge window, mm-hmm. and they already have have a have an incredibly deep roster so you could see them being like 
why the hell wouldn't we take sharp? <laughs> so I, my my notes from the draft were: I understand. I just feel bad for how things have occurred for the for the, the Blazers here. I think what I was saying on draft night was just trade Dame. You're not going like I yeah. As far as like what's best for the franchise, this is like. Um, I understand that there's an emotional connection to, uh, you know, a very good player. Like, they may not want that, but, like, you're going to get a haul. And Damian Lillard also will be in a position to potentially win a championship. So, like, that's why I was saying it. I do like to see Damian Lillard in, in Portland. So, I, I would just leave it be. Yeah. I don't I, I think I ultimately agree with you, like... Portland, like, they're famous for having a great fan base, so you'd think they're well-informed fans, so Mm -hmm. you'd think that they'd see the writing on the wall and be like, we get it. Like, can we just give him a plaque that says Goat Blazer and then trade him for future assets? What I said to people before we re-signed Giannis and before we won the championship was, if we can't win and he's, like, 31 and he demands a trade, then, yeah, that's within his right to go want to win a championship. That's... Yeah, well, that's 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 how I I see sports. Not everybody sees them as rationally as uh, multiple teams <laughs> having different end goals. If you love him, Portland, let him go. Yeah, I, I think that's the right. See thing. if he comes back. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about Dyson Daniels going to the Pelicans and kind of the crazy. Comparison between him and Lonzo Ball, um, whom they they were criticized for letting go of him, but now they've drafted a guy who. It's just crazy because Lonzo Ball's uh, really uh, he has a unique set of talent. Yeah, he's he's injured so much. Like I definitely was bashing mm-hmm. him last year with it, but now it's kind of like. To the similar point that I had when we didn't bring back Brogdon. It's like, what it's... You might not play. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you're you're not worth that much then. Still, lots of balls better than uh, Devontae Graham. Yeah. Oh, we definitely will get to Brogdon at one point yeah. as well. Um, next, we had Jeremy Sochan. So- Sohan. Sohan. Uh, go to the Spurs. Sohan is he is an elite defender. Yeah, he's a really good defender. Um, I was watching his tape uh, today. He has a really, really good feel for like uh, the game. He's not a great shooter. Um, he's he's athletic, athletic enough, but he's like you. He's not like your primary rim protector. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have a really good fit next to like Cat, uh, Carl Anthony Towns on mm-hmm. the uh, Timberwolves. Um, what I was thinking when I was watching his tape, <laughs> um, who, what does Keandre do? What, what is his channel? Hoop Intellect. Hoop Intellect. Yeah. So he compared him, and I was thinking this before he did this. My thoughts were either like a Kyle Anderson or a less athletic Aaron Gordon, and he commented Aaron <laughs> Gordon. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm not that smart if other people are coming up with Aaron Gordon. But uh, so my other thought was Nikola Jokic on the uh, Nuggets. That would, would have been who he would have been a good fit with. Yeah. Um, so um, that's, I mean, that's a 
that's a that's a good starter in, in my eyes. Um, also, uh, Greg Popovich, coach of the Spurs, loves his foreign players. And Sohan, I don't remember his journey. I think he moved a lot. Uh, but he has Polish uh, nationality. I don't know if he changed to that recently to be in the Olympics or something. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like you know more about Sohan than I do. Well, I could not have spoken that much about Sohan. Yeah, I, it, 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 I don't know how I did that. but It worked out yeah. really well for the purposes of this recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So the Spurs are deeper in the backcourt, so it made sense maybe just in terms of talent on the board at this point. We're still in the lottery. So if they're just like he's, he's the highest guy on our board or like the highest guy on our board – as a big man. Yeah. I, I would have taken Tari Eason here, the guy that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. I think this is where I was just every pick like, I can't believe Tari's still there. Like, and... Yeah, because if you don't if you think um Sohan's kind of a really dependent offensive player, then Yeah, he's you might, you're not you might not be that excited about especially because if I don't know. I'm. I don't know what what the Spurs are doing at this point. Well, I think I think I know what they're doing, and I'm just disappointed. They're just tanking. Uh, but we talked about playing him next to skilled bigs, like skilled offensive yeah. bigs, because he can he can insulate them with his defense, and like they can make him look better on offense. Yeah. But he's playing next to Jakob Pertl, who is. Has a similar skill set. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, I mean, maybe he's, he's not going to be starting. He could. Thing. He, like he, he, he peaks as a starter to me. You yeah. know, as like a a functional starter. Whereas, like, there are others I see with super, not uh, potential superstar upside. Hmm. Okay, so number ten, we had Wisconsin's own Johnny Davis go to the Wizards. Uh, I heard someone say like a pretty like wizards pick. I thought it was good, but pick. yeah, good I pick. think it, I think it was good. Like that's like kind of disparaging, but I think it's it just means like, oh, he was like mid lottery because the wizards are always mid lottery, so it makes sense. I mean, Johnny Davis was in the mix to win the uh, college basketball national player of the year until he kind of slowed down towards the end of the mm-hmm. year. And wasn't um, he hurt too? I do believe he was hurt yeah. as well. Um, I. I think he's a good player. I think it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Very simply. <laughs> yeah. Two-way wing. Uh, I'd have been fine with him going higher. Yeah. Simply. Simply put. Yeah. Um, Only a sophomore. You know, he's not a senior doing this. So, he's... Mm-hmm. I think, like, I think he operated a lot in the mid-range from what I heard. Mm-hmm. But people don't seem to be down on his three he was shooting better from three earlier in the year because yeah. there was talk earlier on in the year that him and jade and ivy were in the mix around four and five so mm. yeah no i yeah i probably would have taken him instead of dyson daniels is the one i was kind of looking at like yeah i'm not gonna yeah I, I no gonna... i i did see i did see him mocked there mm-hmm. at points and it's only interesting i remember Somewhat questioning. I don't. I also am totally fine with just playing with picking the guy at the top of your board, Mm -hmm. and I can see him being on the top of everyone's board at this point. But, um, 
Maybe. I mean, I'm sure he'll still be successful no matter what. But not that I'm like a huge Wisconsin Badgers fan, but if you are, is any part of you thinking will he will his will his will he reach his his upside playing playing next to a Bradley Beal or a CJ McCollum? That's a good point. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. There are a ton of talented guys all around the league. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, you weren't gonna draft him uh to be the main drinkster for you anyway. So it gets a little more interesting here in terms of trades. I know uh, Drew and I were avoiding Twitter because we enjoy the draft presentation as it is and Mm -hmm. we don't like spoilers. Um, Yeah, might be a little harsh, but um, proverbial uh, middle finger to everyone just spoiling the picks before they happen. Yeah, um, I, I suppose I can just turn off Twitter, and that and that's what I did for once. But uh, Twitter was really freaking out because they had no idea what was happening in this range. Uh, number eleven, Usman Dang. Uh, technically drafted by the Knicks but that was then traded to the Thunder uh I just yeah for three first round picks um I believe it was it might have it might have been three first round picks next year they might have had that many they might just have that many picks where they were able to trade three picks from in the same year yeah they're just flush with with draft assets right now so that, that could be correct i i don't know yeah and uh nick ended up signing jalen brunson <laughs> so that was a big part of it where they were trying to open up cap space mm-hmm. perhaps and they ended up getting a haul for it so mm-hmm. of course nicks they're gonna they're gonna boo guys which is super whack but they're gonna boo guys on draft night yeah so good for uh, uh usman yeah true and hopefully he blows up then, but I wouldn't have traded three first round picks for Usman. Yeah. Um, I would have taken Tari Eason over Usman. I understand mm-hmm. that they see upside with it. Um I was I was shocked. Yeah. Probably more of an upside swing. I think so, yeah. Than than Tari. I see upside there too, but I just Yeah. I'd have a preference. Because I think he's like six ten, but supremely skilled offensively yeah he is yeah um i watched some tape on him recently too um i just the entire time i was just like i can't trade three three first round picks for this guy yeah yeah if you're trading three first round pick like they traded two first round picks for luka Doncic. yeah right i mean they were high high different yeah no but yeah we got to remind ourselves that like when we were going through the the Pelicans picks right. what they have to send to the Nets. It's like, oh, well, they're our picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you still get the cachet of saying you receive three first round picks. So yeah. it has to mean something. So, and, but then number 12, the Thunders uh, pick from the Paul George trade, they selected Jalen Williams, who was the biggest riser in the draft. Um, even so, this is probably the higher end uh, of his range. But this is the first time that I was disappointed that a player was taken. I thought 
we had a loose chance of receiving. So when mm-hmm. he went, you know, 12 picks before yeah. we did, I was, I, that's when I realized how delusional I was about this draft. And then th- that feeling happened a few more times as well. So, yeah. Well, I also didn't really know about him until the draft combine. So I think, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. But he is, a. Uh, NBA draft darling, to be sure. He's. Is he. What is he even listed at? Like, I feel like I've heard him listed at like 6'5, but that even sounds short. He, like, he looks pretty big, but also has like all the ball handling skills you'd want. He played at a mid major. Santa which, Clara. Yeah, which, yeah, which I guess is why he was a later riser. So he's six six seven two wingspan. I just knew he had a plus wingspan. Like I would have probably said six mm-hmm. nine. Um, yeah, I, I mean I, I think that's a good pick. I'm completely fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot. I mean, he's known for his offense and being a Swiss Army knife there, but has all the physical tools to impact the game on both ends he's he's a really good like pick and roll just guy and pick and roll yeah. in general um he just like wasn't a sudden athlete uh and that like this probably shows like why i, I also would have taken tari eason here and this is I, i'm just a caricature of myself Jesus. <laughs> um like, i i want someone who's just going to physically dominate a game um, so like I will miss on players like that. Like I, as I already mm-hmm. said, I did want the Bucks to take him. So I'm not saying anything ill of him necessarily, but like I don't see like he, his upside is limited. Like he's probably like he's a starter. At yeah, best. like that. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mister Tucky. Tucky's infiltrated the the pod. What's up, man? Don't look at me like that. We're clearly busy, bro. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like I mean with the with the high ceiling there, you can definitely see why he was he was a thunder pick mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, then it then it kind of leads me to like, what's the catch? I mean, the thunder seem to want like, just the mid major. Yeah, thunder seem to want to like draft people like if you can't like do something with the ball offensively, mm-hmm. whether that's just like going in transition or that seems to be kind of what they're doing and Jalen can do that so it makes sense it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good fit Tucky would you stop farting right next to the he's mic he's blatantly bro? farting a ton absolutely <laughs> just doing this on purpose he's man just, he's a disrespectful young yes. man goddamn selfish <laughs> um, but yeah no even more so fits into the fits into the thunder mold there um now piggybacking on the thunder but on their previous pick um there was another trade which the knicks were eventually involved in and that was uh the jalen duren trade jalen duren was selected uh was that 13th then by the hornets which we thought, if anyone's going to select a, select a center in the lottery, it's going to be the Hornets because mm-hmm. that's their 
that's their big hole. They have Lamelo Ball and a bunch of wings. So beautiful roster construction. But then they had PJ Washington playing a ton at center, and besides him, they had Marshall Mason. Marshall Plumley Mason, Mason Plumley uh, as their next best center, and then guys they drafted in the second round. Uh, no, Kai Jones. They took first round. Last oh, he was year, first. Right? Damn. Yeah. Okay. No, I think At you're least right. I thought. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think he was. I mean, first he's round. raw. He's just so yeah. raw. So no, totally. But it makes sense for them to pick a center. They ended up moving this pick. Uh, Jalen Duran eventually ended up on the Pistons, and then the Knicks again uh, dumped salary in uh, Kemba Walker to the Pistons, who was then waived. Uh, and then the Hornets received uh, a 2023 lottery protected uh, uh, Nuggets pick next year. And then four second round picks, three next year, and then one in 2024. And then the Knicks received a 2023 lottery protected first from Detroit and a 2025 lottery protected picked. Pick. Uh, they eventually received the pick that the Pistons got back, or yeah, got back for Jeremy Grant from Portland. Uh, yeah, great, great draft for the Pistons in my yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw someone saying so. Basically, Pistons paid eight mil so they could draft Jalen Duran, and it's well worth it. Yeah. yeah, if you're if you're gonna draft a center and the Pistons have been applauded uh, a lot for their early roster construction. A lot of that going back to getting Kate Cunningham. Then, yeah, it's kind of fine to pick more so for need. Well, I messed up the screen. Yeah, they already got their star. Yeah. Just let's get quality players around them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll eventually need a center, and Jalen Duran could be quality center for sure uh so then rounding out the lottery the Cavs took Ochai Obaji whom I thought was a bit of a reach because he he was an, a national champion a extremely accomplished college basketball player but he's a bit older uh smaller um just like high like high floor but lower ceiling and like he like he's very likely to be just like a rotational player like yeah i i didn't i think he's a fine player i would i have gone uh a different direction yeah the, the similar direction that i've mentioned a few times yeah. on this podcast i won't say his name again <laughs> no but I, I get that because uh, our he, guy would have had a lot more yeah. upside. I would have also gone AJ Griffin. Yeah, yeah. AJ yeah. Griffin is sort of someone I remember when we, were, when we were watching the draft. I kept on bringing up AJ Griffin, who of course ended up on the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Malachi Branham was someone who was mentioned there a lot mm-hmm. because he was. Uh, I think he's the guy who actually went to St. Vincent St. Mary. Yep. Uh, in Akron, uh, plus he he played the same position. Uh, although he was comped uh, 
to Karis Levert, which gave me a slight bit of pause, but I don't know. I've I haven't heard as as many questions about his his three ball, even though he does uh, love the mid range, like Levert. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on Ochai at all? No. <laughs> yeah, I just a, a bit of a reach, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents did meet at UW Milwaukee, though. He was oh, born really? in Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh. Which is pretty crazy. Wish so. I would have known that before. I maybe would have like worked harder to like him. Yeah. Um, and right. I mean, there's a lot to like there. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball, but I watched the championship game, and he was good there. Um, so, good luck to him. Uh, hopefully, he has a long career. You very well could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to cut it off at the lottery there. We're already beyond the hour mark. <laughs> um, but that that always happens. It's kind of a luxury. I'd mm-hmm. rather I'd rather have more to talk about. But getting back, because after all, this is a Buck show. I wanted to highlight the Buck signings as the Bucks seem to be running it back. Um, the Bucks. Uh, we did bring back Bobby. Um, hopefully, that uh, handshake under the table apparently uh, worked out in the end as Bobby returned for a four-year, $49 million deal. Um, seems to be like the maximum that we could have offered with his early bird rights that we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot. Um that's a generational wealth for Bobby. Also, mm-hmm. it's a very tradable contract for the Bucks. So um, I don't, I don't yeah. want to trade him necessarily, right. but you know that's that's not a problem. Yeah, ten mil is is the sweet spot there. Mm-hmm. Um, so good point. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that as much, but I just thought of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point though, because at a certain point, maybe maybe you do have plenty of bigs. Um, Wesley Matthews returns on a one-year deal. Uh, Vetman, according to SpotTrack, um, a lot of these on my notes are just the Woj and Shams notifications saying whether or not it's a one- or two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, recommend going to going to SpotTrack. Uh, SpotTrack. I don't know. I say SpotTrack, too. It, to me, that makes I've more heard, sense. I, I just heard no dunks, I think, say SpotTrack. Uh, a lot of people say SpotTrack. Yeah, I, okay. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying spot track. Me too. Uh, according to spot track, um, we also re-signed Javon Carter, uh, Buck's Twitter favorite, um, for on a two-year deal. Uh, it was his, it was his non-bird rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's a player option. Probably not. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, that would be nice of us to do, but I mean, like... Yeah. He's a guy who, like... He belongs in the NBA and all, like, he's mm-hmm. an NBA player. But, like, if you told me, like, eventually in, like, two years he was in Europe, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not shocking. Yeah. Okay. Then I see – and then it feels like – because I was going to ask your opinion on Javon Carter. I was I very fe- happy we brought him back. Yeah. I definitely opinion. was, too. Um, I would prefer – But I don't think – I don't think it was a massive mistake for us to not put him up against Jason Tatum in the playoffs. No. That wasn't good. No. Yeah. Not at all. So, I think Buck's Twitter needs to chill on that. Although I'm very even, happy we have Javon Carter back. I either didn't hear that or I, or I read it and saw it, and I just thought it was dumb and never considered that that was a real opinion. Yeah. 
Um, I get it in the moment, being really frustrated with Grayson Allen and George Hill. That's just throwing but, crap at the wall. That's yeah. like my opinion to play Giannis, Bobby, and Brooke, and we yeah. did it, and it didn't go well. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. When you lose Chris Middleton, sometimes you just run out of options. Yeah. Uh, Bucks also brought back, brought back Serge Ibaka. Spot track didn't give any more details, but it it's got to be, min- be a minimum. Yeah. Um, interesting since we didn't really get a ton we didn't really get much use out of him at all but no I didn't I, I didn't expect him to return to be honest yeah I did not either but more Brooke insurance mm-hmm. why not um, I don't super hate accomplished player um, he's the same Brooke Lopez prototype mm-hmm. just hasn't aged as well, I think I would guess that they're similar ages, but yeah, I, they're probably both thirty-three ish. Um, I feel pretty confident saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Serge, what's probably happening here? Obviously, he's aged; he's less, less athletic. He's only six nine, I believe. So you know, mm-hmm. you lose your athleticism and you're a rim protector. You're only six nine. That's kind of tough. Yeah, he's a very good shooter, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a big man. Mm-hmm. Lukewarm on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then the one new addition was uh, the Bucks signing Joe Ingles. According to Spot Track, it was the entire taxpayer mid-level exception. I'm, I might be coming around on it, yeah, but that same. might only be that. Um, especially with the new signings, and I've been bitten by this with Bobby Portis. Um, I'm just more hesitant. Um, And this has nothing to do with what we've seen from Joe Ingles. Aside from the fact that he tore his ACL, I believe, in January, and he's he's already older and not athletic. He's going to be 35 in October. Yeah, it's, it's the problem with the age, and he's coming off ACL. I loved Joe before the ACL. Um. Well, and then you know and then he's been aging. So now I really at this prior to his injury, I would say I liked him. Now I would have I, when we signed him, I was hoping it was a minimum. <laughs> so what it was, yeah, yeah, uh, same. I hopefully it goes well. Yeah, it could be a good fit. I mean, with I mean, I don't I don't know his like prior injury history, but. I don't think With him being so accomplished, you could tell me that, like, well, he was going to, he was, like, okay. People will say that this is us getting our, getting our, like, trade deadline splash or, like, yeah. by, like, our late, basically, like, our late season, like, veteran, you're going to help us in the playoff splash. But now, but you don't give those guys your whole, Taxpayer no, mid level exception. Yeah. So miss me with that. Yeah. Um, but yes, if he is, if he is closer to a hundred percent, then yeah, it could be it could be pretty good. It could be pretty good. But <laughs> we have good reason to be skeptical. We're both probably too like passionately like we, our opinions on this are probably too passionate as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I can't watch Bucks games anymore. Because if we lose one game, 
I'll lose my mind. I'll be like, I spent three hours of my night. It's my entire night. I could have worked out. And instead, <laughs> I watched the Bucks. This is why I can't. I'm too much of a baby. And I can't handle it. This is why. Yeah, I like- and I think for me, maybe I, more people. Um, I don't. I'm comparatively like a lot more of a downer with newer signings, and maybe it's maybe it's just just to protect myself because I would feel sillier being mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Joe Ingles is going to be Joe Ingles before the torn ACL. Like I'm yeah. like yeah. So see what I've also done in, in with my statements in this pot in, in the show is um. Uh, I did build in a little bit of uh, deniability by seeing I can see it working out. <laughs> see, so yeah, you know, I I can I can argue like yeah. Yeah, there was a realm where I saw it happening mm-hmm. if he goes well. Yeah, undeniably, I don't like a contract though. So. Mm-hmm. All that said, though, like in in the context of just the Bucks as a whole. We're pretty, we're pretty damn lucky to have four guys, five guys come back even. We already talked about Pat Connaughton signing his uh, player option, which mm-hmm. was like probably the biggest win, depending on how, where you put Bobby. Um, but, yeah. We have, so I think when I last looked, we had, we had at least 13 guys on our roster. Not include not including uh, two ways. Okay. So like maybe one other person, and if I have that wrong, and we have fourteen instead of thirteen, mm-hmm. like we might just be done. Hey, let me ask you this: Would you rather have <clears throat> Serge Ibaka or uh, Mr. Boogie Cousins? Because I would prefer Mr. Boogie Cousins, but that's also because yeah. I like I like Boogie. I don't like to say Boogie. I loved Boogie last year. Yeah. Um, I like well last like I liked last year Boogie a lot more than last year Surge. Yeah, and of course they're getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I might trust Surge more in the playoffs yet. Okay, that's I fair. think and just I guess. Well, well, I guess we we did have Bobby and Brooke. And like you're already going to be playing, you're probably if anything mm-hmm. you're going to be playing less big men in the playoffs, anyways. This is probably me getting sentimental and me wanting uh, Demarcus Cousins to have one good thing to look back on in his career. Yeah, I did. I just feel bad. For he him. was awesome last year. Yeah, he like, was. <laughs> I I want to. It somewhat goes against my principles, just like those their skill sets. Um. But if you tell me for sure neither of them are going to be playing in the playoffs either way, I would say Boogie. Okay, okay. I'll settle. Because if, it, if it's regular season, give me Boogie. Yeah. 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 Um, any other thoughts at all on free agency, Bucks moves? No, sir. Um, yeah. I would say everyone be thankful that we, that we brought everyone back. Things uh, didn't go bad. No, yeah. no. Um, so I'll quick, I'll lastly go over, uh, the Bucks first preseason game. Um, I'll admit didn't kind of tuned in and out of this one for preseason. I'll give myself that luxury, (coughs) but 
it, w- it was an exciting game. Uh, Bucks won uh, in a close uh, 94, 94 to 90 win over the Brooklyn Nets. A uh, little extra uh, excitement there that we got to beat the Nets. Uh, Nets had a pretty good summer league roster. Uh, the, Net- the Nets definitely um, got the better of us in like the first like six minutes at least. Like first half of the first quarter. <laughs> I-, I remember they they jumped out to... Uh, a big lead. Bucks had had a lot of early turnovers. I think both teams ended up with plenty ter- turnovers. Like we both ended up with seventeen turnovers. Uh, but I mean, if you look at it too, Bucks had we had a lot of guys on our summer league roster that were kind of like our garbage time guys. Pretty much we had all of our garbage time guys besides like Thanasis, Noara. I guess mm-hmm. Serge was a I mean I'll just go we had Vildoza, Luca Vildoza, Rajon Tucker, uh Sandro Memokelishvili, so three of our of our garbage time guys, plus uh Sandro and Lindell Wigington were the Bucks leading scorers with seventeen. Uh course marjan beauchamp's first bucks game and he had 16 points he shot 50 percent from the field and from three he made three of his six attempts and then we had uh duan hernandez as our starting center who was a recent uh toronto raptors draft pick so i was i was i was kind of excited i was like no way freaking a guy that i only really know by name, but even so, on a summer league roster, I'll take it. Uh, Nets starters were Cam Thomas, who dropped 31. Uh, David Duke Jr. also had 22 points, three rounds, three assists, a 17 from the field, uh, three and I from three, three and three from the line. Uh, Kessler Edwards, who played like real minutes for the Nets last year as one of their few three and d guys Um, they have a good team yeah 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 yeah. from the well i guess they were winning from the beginning but at first i was just like damn they just have a really good summer league roster uh they have raekwon gray as their starting four who is their a second rounder last year for them so year of experience Mm -hmm. and uh dayron sharp who was might have been a late first rounder for them last year or else early second but Still high end summer league guy. Um, in addition to Lindell Wigington, uh, AJ Green, our he was undrafted even. Yeah, I think he's he's one of our two way guys this year. Uh, AJ Green really, uh, yeah. He had 14 points, two rebounds. He was four of eight from three, five of ten from the field. Uh, He's a really interesting guy. I know I went through him uh, in depth last episode because he was super accomplished, albeit uh, on, shoot, I forget which, I forget where he played in college, but it was was a mid-major, but he was really accomplished on a lower level of D1 and he has 
he has like a uh he's approaching a Michael Red soccer throw-in jumper while being an insane three-point shooter and he's also built like a freaking linebacker. Really? Yeah. Northern he went to Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Okay. Thank you. I'm so, I always it's very tough that he's a, a 64 white guy just cuz uh of the NFL wide receiver AJ Green you know he's Yeah. I was I was going to ask you I, uh yeah, he won in college. <laughs> see, I now I feel like I know way too I know way too much about him <laughs> for what his likeliest outcome is going to be, but he won the Larry Bird Award. I yeah, you said that. Yeah. Cuz he played in uh is that like I, Indiana Valley? State. Yeah, it's the Missouri Valley uh conference or whatever real name is. Uh And yeah, I remember I went down to go grab Mike Udoba. <laughs> last night uh when i was watching this and we were still down by uh probably double digits and i came back up at the end of the first quarter and we were like maybe winning but at worst like within two or three points and my mind was blown but yeah we they they led for most of the first half we led for most of the second um and other than that, the two biggest stats that stood out to me were uh, they actually won the point in the paint battle, uh, 42 to 26, but our bench went off with Wigington and A.J. Green. We out, Our bench outscored them 44 to 16. Uh, Marjan had a really big highlight early. He uh, swatted the snot out of David Duke Jr., on a drive early on when it was still a close game. They must have gone on a run after. And, uh, yeah, it was really close in the end. Um, but I remember the broadcasters called it a dagger with like a minute left when there's a beautiful ball movement sequence <laughs> with uh, Mamu passing out of the short roll to uh marjan corner three so oh nice yeah beautiful beautiful uh outcome for the bucks there uh yeah marjan had a couple uh sloppy drives to begin with i think his first two drives were a bit out of control but he still has a you can still see a lot of potential there. Yeah. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of room to grow, but yeah, but with his with his frame and the skills that he does does flash, mm-hmm. you could see him being a useful NBA player for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kind of rambled there for mm-hmm. not really. Not really uh, catching most of this game. I, I don't I, know. If... I don't watch summer league. That's some. That's that's some that's... in the weeds stuff that I'm not about anymore. Yeah, and you're probably fine for it. Yeah. I know uh, Kane Pittman from Lockdown Bucks. I liked his point about it, where he is saying that it doesn't actually matter. So if Marjan goes off, it's a sign that he's going to be an amazing player for over a decade but if he doesn't do well it means nothing is that yep mm-hmm. 
So I would implore you all to stay on the bright side there. Um, you have any other thoughts on any of these guys or just happy that we got a victory? I'm, I'm satisfied that it sounds like we have a good summer. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was impressed. I Hugo Besson, our last pick in the draft, who actually seemed to be pretty good value for the last pick. I mm-hmm. don't think he, he, he actually didn't get a ton of run. Um, but seems like we had we actually have a deeper summer league roster so mm-hmm. but i do hope he gets more of a chance and i don't know if any of any of our guys are quite on the level no one no one out there seems to quite be on the type of plan where you're like okay they're clearly only going to play two or three games i think Mamu and Marjan have have enough to prove where they they can definitely play the whole summer. Yeah, league. absolutely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I will actually be going to summer league. I'll be leaving tomorrow morning. Uh. At nine o'clock. Hopefully, I make it. Are you flying out at nine o'clock? Oh, yeah. What's your? Yeah, I leave Milwaukee at nine. It's not too bad. No. Um, Talked to Drew about um, how I couldn't select a seat. I could select a seat on only my technically three because I go Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Vegas, and then same way back. Mm-hmm. So my last three trips, I could pick a seat, but I couldn't on the first one. So that makes me nervous. And I have a very short layover <laughs> in between uh, once I get to get on my plane in Minneapolis. So I'll make it one way or the other, but hopefully I'm able to meet my group at sports business classroom when I'm scheduled to do so, but only so much you can control. Uh, yeah. Also, I just want to quick give a shout out to our boy, um, Pauly Walnuts Galtieri, uh, Tony Sirico, who passed away at 79 years old, uh, played one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, I know my family knows that I've joked a lot about how funny it'd be to have a son named Pauly. Uh, just seems like a like a fun name to shout out to shout at, and uh, yeah, Pauly. Uh, brought that same amount of fun to the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The, the world is a worse place without uh, uh, Polly. Sure is. This, this is awful. Yeah. Like Polly said, where did a wise remember Pearl Harbor? Uh, Drew, do you have any other thoughts on any of this? Not particularly Polly Galtieri, but anything? Uh no, I'm, I'm, I'm all good. Fair enough, fair enough. We've uh, gone quite some time here, but I thank you again for joining me. These are always my favorite episodes. So. Always, always a blast doing these. Yeah. This is the third one? I think this is our third. Oh, I, was trying to, I was trying to think. That makes me feel so old. Ugh. Yeah, I guess we are pretty old. I mean, you're 
full-on homeowner about to be married. Yeah. Drew and I are going out to Vegas a uh, couple weekends from now. Yep. It's going to be a dry event. A lot of scripture. Yes. Good times. Yeah. Lots of scripture. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Hopefully, we live to tell the tale. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.